Next week is the last week of this teaching series. We're going to come back and, and um, wrap up the series with, with the message that's about what does a God-honoring marriage look like. And uh, so that's, that's next week. We started the series off just talking about how marriage has changed, especially how we get married, how we date. Um, we said that technology has been a huge part of that, that we connect differently than we did before. And... Um, you know, through that through that internet kind of thing, and I was listening to an Andy Stanley message about these same kind of topics, and he asked, because um, I know we're gonna have this marriage panel, and I'm concerned that those of you who are single and and here are gonna go, what do I care? I'm single. And I got it. So I want to give you just one word that that might be might be worth the price of admission this morning. This is an Andy Stanley quote about if you're single, how are you living, dating, living? Right? So that, here it is. He said, are you the person, the person you are looking for is looking for? Right? So, so if you're thinking, you have this image of who you want to marry in the future, and all of us do that. In fact, we encouraged that, didn't we? We said, hey, as soon as you kind of develop this list of the kind of person you want to marry, and you find out the person you're dating isn't in that list, it's time to cut them loose or her loose. It's time to put the fish gently back in the water and say, swim away, and I hope you live. Remember, we talked about this all together. You're, you don't measure up. You're not big enough. I'm sorry. You know, maybe you'll grow up someday, but it's not today. So, but, and that's awesome, but, but here's the thing. Are you the kind of person, the person you're looking for, is looking for? Because how in the world would you hope to ever attract that person? They're going to let you go. You're going to be the fish that swims away. And you're going to look back at the boat and go, what did I do wrong? And... I'm sorry, you just don't make the list. And so you have to kind of think this through a little bit. Another way of saying it is um, the kind of bait you are, you live, you are the bait, is going to attract the kind of fish. Is, are you using, are you being the kind of bait that attracts the right kind of fish? Right? And so, so real quick, I'll just throw one out. Hey, if, if you're using your body as bait, who are you going to attract? You're, body snatchers, that's who you're going to attract, right? I mean... <laughs> That's how it goes. So, so this is a, last night somebody came who was single and they, just, they left and they said, that was what I needed to hear. You, we were a waste of time together, but that, this is what they needed to hear, right? And we said, hey, this is, this is critical because you're looking for someone who you can make a soulmate connection and more than connection, commitment to. It's not about finding a soulmate and living happily ever after. It's about finding someone who who fits the criteria and you go, I am choosing to be your soulmate and I'm choosing a commitment to be your soulmate. And that's, if these marriages work, if my marriage works, it's because that's our perspective. Because marriage is challenging. It's, 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 it's hard work. So we talked about differences last week. If you missed the message, you can go back and get any of these messages online. And then today we're going to have a lot of fun because we're going to talk about, have a panel discussion with these married couples for different lengths of time. We'll get to that in a moment. And now, here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid some of you are going, are thinking, wow, you know, Doug, church, you're supposed to preach, you're supposed to open to God's word, and, you know, like 12 verses, we've got to talk about it. You know, it doesn't, it's not really, is this legal, what you're doing, is what we want to know. So let me just give you some verses that we're actually practicing today, right? So Proverbs 15:22 says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. It doesn't say many pastors bring success. Many advisors bring success. So we're looking for, for people that we can gain advice from, good and bad, things to admire, things to, I don't want to do what they did. They're going to share some, you know, whatever they did, we'll learn from that, right? So many advisors, for lack of advice, um, we, we fail 
but with many advisors, we gain wisdom. We're actually going to do that today. We're going to get some advice together. Another verse, Proverbs 10, 8, the wise are glad to be instructed. So that's all of us. If we're smart, we go, hey, I want to learn everything I can, not just from this panel, but from every opportunity I get. But babbling fools fall flat on their faces. In other words, they think they have all the answers, so they do too much talking, right? Uh, and then this, 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 this last verse um, is for the cynical about marriage, okay? So don't go to war without wise advice. Victory depends on having many advisors, right? So if you're cynical and you go, you know, it's kind of like, hey, you want to fight? Get married. Okay, that's cynical. So, so but, but ser- you don't do anything serious. That's what war would be, a very serious thing without getting good advice. So that's why we're having this panel discussion. We're actually practicing God's word together. And you put a list of questions together. I modified them slightly. And uh, I put them on paper. And here's the deal. When you walk out of this room today, if you go to the welcome table, you can get the exact questions and some that we're not going to get to um, that you asked and I added to for, for this morning. So you could talk about those in your marriage. You could talk about them in your small group. Uh, you could get together for that lunch you're having with the person you met this morning and talk about these things. So those copies of this are available out at the table there. So, all right, you guys, let's do introductions and add to it. So tell us your names, um, where you met, how long you dated, and how long you've been married, and add to that just a little bit of, I got three kids, and they're all in the home or out of the home or whatever, all right? So let's start way down there today. That's you, right. Mike. I'm Mike Burletic. And uh, this is my wife, Andrea. We've been married for th- close to 31 years. And um, um, let's see, we have three children, a uh, 25-year-old, 23-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And we're going to be grandparents in July. So we're kind of excited about that. And um, let's see, I met Andrea at college, and I hit her on the head with a volleyball. <laughs> and that's the way it started. We dated two years before we were married. Did we hit it all? Yeah, you did, yeah. But, but you're serious about this volleyball thing, right? Well, yeah, because I, I uh, played a couple sports through college, and um, Andrea was in the gym. She was a volleyball referee for an intramural league, and the, all the, well, three gyms away, she, was, she had her back to me, and I had a volleyball in my hand, and I thought, well, I'll just get it close to her and let her know I'm thinking about her. <laughs> and so... You know, when I let it go, I, you know, through the through the air, I was like, man, that thing's got a chance. <laughs> and uh, right when it hit her, she knew it was me. So, <laughs> you know, I remember first grade, the boys used to hit the girls just for, you know, get, let them anyway. Yep. <laughs> right, you guys. Um, I'm Christina Rucker. And I'm Brandon. Brandon. Um, we've been we started dating 14 years ago. Um, we've been married for almost 10. Sounds wow. better than nine, almost ten. Um, yeah, I, but she told me that. I said, you're like a little kid, you know. How old are you? Six and a half. Because so, that half has to be on there. So she's almost ten. Um, we have three kids, and they are our little girl just turned four today. And then we have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Um, we started, we met through a mutual friend, and then we actually didn't start dating until a few months of talking online on a messenger we hadn't had any dates. We talked first and then. So so they got introduced. They didn't even know. They started interacting on the Internet for four or five months before they had their first date. So they're kind of a weird couple, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Want to add anything, Brandon? No. Uh, no, I guess it was kind of nice. We got to know each other 
before even meeting each other, so that was, I don't know. Yeah. Worked out. Yeah. Did you hear the little kid who said, so you, you, get, you become best fr- you become friends, and then you get a crush, and then you date, yeah. and then you marry kind of thing? Yeah. So you guys kind of pulled that off. Way to go. I'm Tina Mason. Uh, I'm Tom. <laughs> um, We're the Masons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been married th- almost 35 years. We have two daughters. Uh, one will, oh gosh, she'll be 30 this year. Um, and the other is 26. Uh, we're first-time grandparents. Uh, Henry is about 15 months. Um, we met an undergraduate, and we dated all of nine months before we decided to get married. So we're a little in a hurry, I guess, <laughs> compared to everybody else. Yeah, nine months is not what we recommend, but it's, good. it's okay, yeah. <laughs> We'd known each other before, though. Yeah. We were, yeah. had similar friends and, and um, had known each other for a little while. Good. And you got, you, you guys say you had two grown children and okay, perfect. And grandchildren and all that. Good. All right. So let's rewind the clock, all of us, and go um, back to the dating days. When did you think to yourself, uh, I'm, I'm in on this one. This is this person's a keeper. I'm not putting them back in the water to swim away. Um, and maybe you can tell us what initially attracted you and how your view changed. You know, just add a little color to it. So I don't know who wants to go first. So. Y'all have microphones. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I guess for us, for me, um, he was always just very, you know, genuinely caring and would check in on me. Um, he was always really good with his little sisters. And um, the one thing that really sticks out for me is that we would be talking and, you know, talking about old stories and assuming that we were there. And then we realized, oh, wait, you weren't there. You know, like it just seemed like we had been together. He'd been through life with me the whole time, and it just that kind of stuck out with me, I guess. Okay, so he uh, kind of felt normal real fast. And, yeah. And the guy, like what you just said, is you saw character in him. How we, You watched how, not how he treated you, but how he treated his sisters. His sisters. And, I think yeah. I wouldn't have got Lori if she would paid attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, cool. How about for you? Uh, I guess that was pretty much the same as far as, you know, knowing that she's pretty, you know, compassionate, and uh, uh, I guess kind of her laugh was kind of a other thing that I liked about her, but as far as being a keeper, I guess, yeah, you know, a couple of years into the relationship, uh, I don't know, it just felt natural, and so, I, yeah. I don't know, felt easy to do, so. Yeah, and I remember last night you said you actually thought about that she'd be a good mother for your for your children, right? So that's, that's advanced thinking. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Um, others? Um, for me, I guess it was probably the volleyball. <laughs> that, that did it. Um, no, he... So a little concussion goes a long way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I just felt right away a uh, connection when, our, from our first conversation. He was just such a good listener and really genuinely interested in what I had to say. And really good sense of humor. Seemed like we just connected right away. And he had a really good relationship with his mom. So, yep. Yeah. Cool. And Andrea smiled when she talked. And... Um, and, you know, she needs 60,000 words a day. I only need five. So I was, I, it, was a, it was a good listener. Now, 5,000 or five like words? Five, five words. Okay. Well, How about you guys? Um, I guess for me, uh, Tom and I met in college. We met in biochemistry class. Um, so we had similar interests. We were both nerds. We had similar goals. <laughs> um, I, I really did hate him, though, after the first date because he took me to his softball tournament that he was playing, like, five straight games, and I sat in the hot sun waiting on him. But 
I came home and said I would never go out with him again, but obviously I did. Talked her out of that one. <laughs> I, I think... It, That's funny. It, um, don't take this the wrong way because we are from West Virginia, but she was like a sister <laughs> that I never had. <laughs> don't, don't write that down, okay? Please don't write that. No, no. I, he didn't say that yeah. last night. <laughs> and it was Saturday. <laughs> it, it, she was so easy to talk to, and I, I'm, I'm more on the introvert side, and, you know, look in those green eyes and the smile, and it's just, as Twitter painted, so. Absolutely. So talk about the first years of marriage. What, what at least tell some, I mean, I'm sure there's some really good things, but we want to know, what, was there a challenge that you guys faced? You can think about this question, you guys. Um, well, I feel like we were pretty immature in our first yeah. few years of marriage. Um, you know, you, you might get to this later, but, you know, every time something went wrong, I was like, well, maybe we should just get divorced. Until one day Tom said to me, he didn't say anything for a long time, and then one day he said, okay. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I never said that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the point there is that you don't throw at that word, Lightly, ever, right, ever. Right. No, yeah. and, that, and that was immaturity on my part. But um, but you needed some attention, and you were getting right. it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, I I think I had to. One of the things I had to do was uh, understand that I didn't need to be in my mind right all the time. You know, I I, I think uh, even if I wasn't right, I had to be right in my mind, and that um, was not a good, <laughs> it's not a good way to keep things going when you're busy and stressed and stuff like that. You need to sort of value communication, which was, I was not very good, I was I was a good talker, but not a very good listener, and so I, that was, those things made stress, it enhanced stress, and we, we were busy in graduate school, blah, 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 but I, I was not very receptive, you know, and sensitive yeah. to things that she needed to have, and so it, it, that made it hard until we came to that, I came to that realization. I needed words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, um, I, not that I knew this from the beginning, but I think the, you know, we're kind of we shouldn't make light of this. Right. It, was, it, it, was, it, was it was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal for for you guys to learn how to communicate yeah. over time um, and still accept people who they are. Was right. it is a process. Right. Let's go down the other end. You guys ready, Mike? Uh, it was. Well, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was pretty easy um, until we had children, and then we realized or I realized how different our growing up and family life was because, um, you know, sometimes I would accuse Andrea of acting like her mom and she would accuse me of acting like my dad. And the one thing that I know is that my dad and her mom would have never got along. So <laughs> They weren't from West Virginia, were they? No. <laughs> so, so we kind of used that. But we don't do that anymore. Um, yeah, that it's kind of off limits. I think we've decided we're not saying that anymore. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think when we got together and talked, Tom and I realized that we came from similar backgrounds, and that being right was highly valued. And so I really like to be right. And early on, it, um, I think that what came through pretty strong. That um, uh, I always had to be right, and that didn't. That was not good for us. Um, so it took me a long time to figure that out. And I also um, did not have healthy boundaries with my family of origin, and that was that was hard um, for us at the beginning. And 
it's taken me years to figure that out as well. Well, yeah, all, all, all those relationships change, right? You get yeah. you get married and suddenly you're a couple, and I'm, I'm gonna guess maybe your mom or something. A lot of conversations, mm -hmm. and um, you have to figure out what the new boundaries are mm -hmm. and and what's healthy for your marriage. And your marriage is more important than right. Yeah, and Rochester is my hometown, so I mean you know, just the proximity that lends itself to it. So it's a challenge, you know, yeah. Tom and Tina are far from their hometowns. So, um, but you can still have boundary issues yes, even far absolutely. away. But yeah. So you, I think you said this, would you rather be right? I forget how you said this. Would you rather, be, you have to make kind of a decision. Would you rather be right or, do you remember that phrase you used? Well, I mean, it, there's, there's certain things, you know, that you, if you're right, are super important. You know, you're standing in front of a car and a car's coming. You don't want to. Have to that's a pretty yes and no kind of thing. But but nickel dime things. You know, things gray zone calls. Things I needed to be right because I wanted to be right, not because it really mattered. Yep. You know, and and that's sort of grinding her nose. And you know, kind of th that's th that that's bad. Right? Yeah, so you're really making a choice between the the, the satisfaction of being right, right sometimes, that's right. or the relate the health of the relationship right. and. Right. Better to wave that white flag and go, who, who cares right. about being that's, right? That's kind of a saying that we have. Would you rather be right or would you rather have relationship? Yep. So sometimes. Yep. You so how about for you guys? I mean, so from, from these people's perspectives, you're still in the early years of your marriage. But mm -hmm. 10 years is almost 10 years is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> so, and you, you passed that seven-year mark. But tell us a little bit about um, the challenges you've had in your, in your marriage, early years maybe or whenever. I guess the biggest challenge is, you know, I guess we dated for four years, uh, got married, so I guess we knew kind of what we were getting into with that. Um, but when children came, that was kind of, I don't know, a little bit of, I don't know, rocky area. You kind of have to learn, learn, relearn things, you yeah. know, because and he came from a little bit different background than I did. He didn't grow up with his dad, um, so his parenting was a little and bit different than I had grown up with, and that was definitely a struggle. Um, you know, just kind of have to get back on the same level with each other and figure things out. Yeah, kids change. I mean, they're awesome, amazing, but the hardest mm -hmm. thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> going sure. going from a couple to a group. Yes. is is a big change. Um, so tell me a little bit, Brandon. You you had mentioned that the other you had another challenge just being in the same community with all your high school buddies and stuff. Tell me about that, how that was a challenge. Well, I guess, you know, being younger, I don't know, being more wild and being able to just go out and do anything at any time. Um, but once we got married, it was like, well, I can't go for a weekend and go fishing or, you know, go out partying every night or anything. So, I mean, I really had to not really cut ties, but definitely say, hey, I'm staying home. Um, you know, so I guess that was hard for me and hard for some friends, you know, but it was definitely a, a challenge, so. Yeah, I was thinking about that a little bit because for me, when Lori and I got married, we weren't in my hometown and you guys weren't in your hometown and you guys kind of were, but but Mike wasn't. And maybe it's a little harder for guys. I, I'm going to be sexist about that for a moment because, man, if I was in my hometown, it's not only changing my understanding of my life, but it's all my friends accepting the ball and chain, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it, and I'm not being, because that's how they're going to perceive it, yep. right? And they're going to start going, oh, she won't she won't let you. And all of a sudden, your friends become an enemy to the health of the marriage. And I didn't have to go through that, but, but when you were talking, I'm thinking, oh, man, there's so many people who do. And that is redefining, it's leaving and cleaving, mm 
and, and saying, this is us now. So I, was, I thought that was really an interesting thing that I just hadn't gone through. So what are some of the habits you guys have, you've developed, that um, fan the flames of love, someone wrote. Uh, what, you know, keep, keep your marriage, and it's not a sexual thing, it's, it's a, I mean, it includes that, but keeping your marriage healthy, what are some habits that you guys have developed? I mean, one, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think one thing for us is we always sit down and eat dinner together. You know, no matter what time it is, we we met, we always have dinner together if we can. Um, you know, we pray together then too, um, and we just make it a priority and make each other a priority. Yeah, when you shared that that you pray before your meals, I, I turn to you and go, so it's, this is not God is great, God is good. Let's thank for his food. Oh no, no, we pray for our small group, for our families, for each other. So. Okay. Food doesn't need praying for. It's really good. So, <laughs> okay, that we're good there. What a suck up. <laughs> All right. I think understanding that the relationship is important enough to prioritize. I think for everybody's busy and you know two or three jobs going on at home, stuff like that. And so, but it's like anything. If you don't put some effort into it, it's it's like you know take care of your house. And stuff's going to happen. So um, I think if you don't see it, it's important. You're not going to do it. And it doesn't mean, you know, the necessary has to be a celebration the last, you know, hour and a half or whatever. But but little steps in the right direction, I think, make a big difference. Yeah. How about you guys? I guess, uh, I guess for me, I guess uh, I always just send, like, little messages throughout the day. And, you know, always know that I'm, you know, thinking about her. I guess with my job, I can at least call her at almost any given time. and um. I think for us right now, too, with the kids, um, we just try to take advantage of any night where we can get out. A lot of times it's just grocery shopping. <laughs> but um, if hot we can just get out. Hot at the grocery yes, store. Hot yeah. at the grocery store. Um, just to get out, to have that time together, because you kind of forget who you are. You know, you get so busy with your kids and and um, in that life that you forget, oh, yeah, there's us. That's, you know, where we started and... So making that time. So yeah, it doesn't have to be it. a it doesn't have to be a big romantic date and spend a right. lot of money. It can Target's be just being pretty together. romantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the grocery store can and Target can be romantic. Lori and I go there sometimes and we we look at the cards. Yeah. And then we I pick one. I go if I was gonna give you a card, <laughs> this would be it. And then she reads it and then I put it back on the on the thing. So. <laughs> hey, she likes it that way. She gets to keep her money. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, yeah, I think for us, um, how we're intentional about um, spending time with each other or showing each other that we care probably doesn't look romantic at all. It's along these same lines, but um, we have really varying work schedules, and um, I, I work part-time, but I work on a wide range of shifts, and so there's some days I have to be there at 6 in the morning, and where I park is kind of... A difficult situation. So those days that I have to go early, he'll actually get up early and get me half halfway there. We leave my car, and then he takes me the rest of the way. And the bus schedule has changed now, so he wouldn't have to do that. So I like suggested that, and he actually was like, "No, I kind of like doing that. It's like it starts our morning off, and we get to because we're not going to see each other until late when he gets home um, later that night. And so um, that, I mean, it's only about 12 minutes that we're together in the car, but. Um, that's intentional on his part because he knows that we need that. Twelve time minutes, well worth it. 
Right. There you go. Yeah. And I think... So you, wait, pause for a moment. Oh. Remember that part about wisdom, guys? Just catch it. Catch it. So <laughs> 12 minutes is good. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I think our love language, how, how we show love and how we receive love, um, um, is not... Um, in it's not quality time, it's not gifts, but acts of service is big for both of us. And his number one is words of affirmation. So um, that's how we um, show each other that we we love each other. And and so it's not terribly romantic because it's not date nights. But um, if we didn't get the bed made in the morning, but I come home and it's made because he got he w- went back after he dropped me off, and um, that goes a long way. Yeah. That yeah. That's better than a date night for me. Yeah, the service. <laughs> so, so I learned uh, one Valentine's Day I, I bought Andrea some flowers because I thought, well, that's what you do. And when she came home, she said, thanks for the flowers, but don't do that again. <laughs> and, she, and, and it's just because it wasn't her. It's not, not her my love language. language. Yeah. For no. someone else, they better get flowers. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So we use the word love language, and we, we it's almost become part of our vocabulary, and I'm sure it is for many of you, but there's a book called um, the Five Love Languages, that right? By Gary Chapman, right? Those, some people are nodding. So if you haven't, if that's not part of your vocabulary and you want to understand relationships a little bit more, it is a worthwhile read and it's a great discussion to have. And then you, it will become part of your vocabulary. Um, these different ways people show love. And, and his theory is that we all have a dominant one that we really like. Um, and men all have the same one. And... Uh, uh, <laughs> There's more truth to that. All right, so, um, so those are some of the habits that we talked about. Tell me, so let's add to it just a little bit. You're kind of on the right track here. Someone, in fact, more than one person wrote, our lives are so busy that we tend to lose each other. How do you how do you find time to to feed your marriage? And I don't know who wants to go first, but I can pick one if you want. Good, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, go ahead. I think, um, you know, for us, we literally have to schedule it and put it in there and book the babysitters and, you know. Um, but then also, too, we had kind of talked about how we find, you know, our kids are obviously very special to us. So the times that we can um, spend together with them, um, even, like, <laughs> so silly, but we started, they call it National Snuggle Night. And so we all sit on the couch and just snuggle one night a week. And, um, you know, just finding those little times, too, where we can just enjoy all of us it helps us out, too, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. So just little things. So so yeah. you're saying, especially when the kids are small, being all together yeah. is as good as a date it's night sometimes. It's, yep. We're Not family. Not all the time. Yeah, no, you <laughs> want your time, just the two of you, too. But, yep. Yeah. And even just, well, you know, when we show the love for our children, you know, that kind of... Like, I, yeah, we like know, seeing that seeing from each that, other, and, you know, too. And, and that, I don't know, that really fans the flames, you know, but I guess that just... You know, I don't know. Yeah. Really works for us. So. Yeah. No, it'll get the endorphins going and in a positive way. That's awesome. How about you guys? And you're at a different stage of life, I know. Right. I think that's changed for us over the years. You know, we used to be in your boat where we would be spending time with the kids. Um, I just think that we have to have some intentionality about it, like Tom said before. Usually Friday nights are our date night. We try to reconnect. Um, our schedules are pretty different sometimes so um yeah i think we just have to be intentional about it and i had to get ri- you have to get rid of stuff that doesn't really matter because you can't create more time in the day so you know espn or date night mm. 
There was a, a time when that was a hard decision, believe it or not. So Can't you combine those things? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Not at our house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And? Well, I, don't, I, I think we, we kind of touched on that a little bit, and I think it's never been much of an issue for us because um, I hate to go back to the love language thing, but it's not a big need for us, either of us, that um, in some ways if we forced extra time, it wouldn't sit well because it would mean we weren't doing acts of service or something. So it wouldn't, it's not our natural need. So I, I don't ever, ha- I haven't ever felt like, oh, we don't have enough time with each other um, because it's just not. Yeah, you know what I see with you guys is, is it's not that um, you don't need time staring in each other's eyes. Are we connected? Are we good? That kind of thing. But you guys do stuff together and constantly. You know, let's go snowshoeing. Let's clean the church. Let's serve somebody. And, and I think those count for, for yeah. where you're, at least where you are today. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably how we've made it work. Yeah. Okay. So you guys asked a whole bunch of inappropriate questions. Uh, let me read them to you. <laughs> Remember, these questions came from you. So why is sex so important in a marriage? I'm pretty sure a woman wrote that. Um, <laughs> what is a normal or healthy amount of sex in a week? What if one partner is very giving sexually and the other is not? And I kind of summarized those all up into um, how have you resolved the differences in libido? You're just that kind of question, right? So so I'm sparing these people from answering that one because we don't want to get into the oversharing world so much. And, and some of you think it's too late. Um, <laughs> but well, let me just kind of talk about that just for a couple of moments. Why is sex so important in a marriage? Because it's holy and sacred. Because it's a, a, a physical activity that is much more than a physical activity. And it's something between two people and it's supposed to stay that way and be shared that way and, in, and, and enjoyed that way. It's a gift from God. What's normal and healthy? It depends on your heart condition. It <laughs> depends on, I mean, there's so many variables with that. How old you are, what you're in the mood for, um, you know, how your digestion is. I, there's just, there's a thousand things to go with, with that. But it is a place where an awful lot of couples get in, in, into, into tension. And then um, what if one partner is, you know, sexually giving and interested and the other one is not is that same libido question. So here, here's my blanket statement on this. If, if you're married and you can't talk about this, it's, that's not a good sign. You have to be able to talk openly about those intimate things together, what you like, what you don't like, how often you wish, how often you don't wish, whatever it is. And then, you know, you... You write down numbers how many times in a month and you pull them out and reveal to each other and you go, okay, so what's the average? Or, you, know, you find a way for the two of you to go, we came to a good solution for us. And, um, but it, it happens by being able to talk about it. And, and so this is going to be very, very... There, there are couples who, they're on a five-year plan. You know, that's fine. There's couples that, they're rabbits. You know, I don't know. <laughs> And, and it really, it's so individualistic. It's so individualistic that there's not a right answer. But um, I think you need, this is part of the thing. So what Scripture does say, we talked about this a few weeks ago, is don't, don't neglect the other one. Give to them. Their body belongs to you. Their body, your body belongs to them. And so what does that mean? You have to negotiate and figure out what, what healthy and reasonable is. But I will tell you it's worth the conversation because when you're on the same page about expectations, you can stop the rejection pattern. 
You know, with the same one, because here's what happens. He or she, often as he, will say, how about, how about tonight? How about tonight? No, no, no. And all of a sudden you're into a pattern of, of rejection and hurt feelings. And then, I'm fine, I'm never going to ask again. And it all of a sudden it becomes a place of where games are played. Right? So you, you got to talk about it. So that's, that's my sex talk. Way to go. Um, the other questions that came up a lot were, how do you fight? Have you ever been close to divorce? Have you ever felt like quitting? How did you restore? Have you ever had counseling? Was it helpful? Uh, why is saying I'm sorry so hard in a marriage? That's what somebody sent me a text last night saying, I wish I would have said I'm sorry and meant it. And he was reflecting back on his own marriage. And I thought, that is a sad email to get. Um, how do you show God's grace to someone who's so unlovable? Uh, what have you learned about conflict in your marriage? Right? Yeah, that wasn't Tina's question. You're okay. <laughs> so t- talk about talk about conflict and managing conflict and how you make up a little bit if you can, if you can. Well, yeah, you look ready. Um, somewhere um, early on in our marriage, you know, maybe that seven year, eight year um, period that um, that we we sought counseling because we were just having problems. We couldn't go through any conversation without um, battering each other. And so we realized that we need some help and not just uh, advice from you know good people, but somebody professional. So we sought that out in a Christian counselor. Yep. And that was good. Yeah, I, you, you guys point back to that as a, as a maker. And I'm just going to bring up something um, that when I asked Andrea Mike to do this, Andrea said to me, she goes, you know, Doug, I, I don't... I'm really nervous about it. Christina said, I think I'm going to throw up. You know, there's a, there's a lot of anxiety for the, for being up here. And one of Andrew's anxieties was, you know, people look at Mike and me, and they don't know, none of us know, right? We just see the outsides. They don't know we've ever been to counseling. There's, and, and not that she's afraid for you to know that, but she just goes, people think we're perfect. I don't want to come off that way. And I said, oh, don't worry, Andrea. You won't come off that way. <laughs> but, but... You know, really, none of us would know that you guys went through counseling, and there's no stigma with that. In fact, I'm, I couldn't be any prouder of you for, for doing that. And um, when you bring, we're all dysfunctional, we're all broken. This is, this is scriptural, right? And theologically, it's sinful. You put two of them together, we don't make each other better. I mean, right, I mean we think we do, but there's, we're just going to be a new dysfunction together. And, and it's going to have new problems and new challenges. So getting counseling is brilliant. Way to go. How about for you guys? I guess we really haven't had any big fights where we needed counseling. You know, a lot of times we just talk it out. and I, that one, Yeah, that I think is kind of our main thing. Like if we're upset or whatever, we got to just stop. But always come back to it, you know. Okay, so, so you, have some, you have some rules. You don't let it just lay there. You yep, we have to. Anything, we got to talk about it. Because I know if we just... Put it aside. It'll just continue to build. Okay. Is it kind of like a timeout? We're, we're done. We're, this is getting too heated, but we'll Whether come back to it. Whether it's the next day or okay. you know, a couple hours later, whatever. Yep. yep. I guess that saying, you know, don't go to bed angry. I think that's good for us. We some yeah. Yeah. You know. I Let guess it. We, well, just <laughs> you know, go to bed and you know, I guess we seem like we calm down in the morning and you know, then we can actually talk about it's it. It's not usually that bad, yeah, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because I don't come counselors. And, um, <laughs> you know, one, one person said to me, don't go to bed angry. They, they, their thing is, we might go to bed angry, but we are going to bed together. Mm-hmm. And then they draw a line down the middle of the bed. Don't yeah. cross that line. How about for you guys? Well, I kind of like to fight a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and t- 
Tom won't fight with me, so usually he lets me get everything out I have to say, uh, and then we talk about it. And I, I wouldn't say that we've had any issues where we got counseling, but there probably were times we could have used counseling that we worked through things ourselves. I, I, when we hadn't been married four or five years, and we uh, moved away, and we were in a small group, and um, we uh, we went to a marriage seminar. One of the things that helped us understand conflict better were you know you heard about the love languages. We did a personality inventory, and so th those are kind of tools that you can use to know sort of why she does certain things, and I do certain things, so that you can maybe plan and anticipate places where you might get in trouble. So technically we didn't have counseling, but we got some good that advice really from people who had been down the road a little bit. Yeah, I think I think investing in your marriage, like you want to keep it healthy, is a like, conference. In fact, next year we're, we're planning on doing something on marriage lines where it will be um, a marriage enrichment experience, not the program marriage enrichment, but we're going we're gonna to say this is an investment we need to start making across once more and more. Um, so just a couple more, and then we're going to be out of time, but tell me the difference God makes in your relationship. And I know church can slip into this, and that's fine, but following Jesus, what difference does it make in your marriage? Well, I think Jesus is what brings us back together. You know, we, uh, you know, if we're going opposite directions, we know our faith is is what we have, our main commonality, I think. Um, so our faith is really important to us. It's been important in raising our kids, and um, I don't know. Do you have something else? Yeah, like I said last night, you have a framework off of which to live. That's, to me, the one of the real utilities. There's relationships and utilities, but there's one of the real utilities of, of, of following Jesus is that you have you have examples of what you're supposed to do in almost every situation and and compassion and everybody counts and all these basic principles uh, you don't get that anyplace else and and I think the reason's there because it works and um, so I, I don't know how if you don't have I don't know how people do it without it to tell you the truth it may go for a ways but you know when the proverbial poop hits the fan which is gone to at some point in time that's that's when you really find out what you you know you're made of and I think trying to be a Christian man and woman in, in today's society is the only rally point where you can end up doing things that I think preserve the marriage as opposed to entitlements or some of the other stuff society leans on you. Awesome. Yeah, we were married in a church, but um, we didn't go to church that often. And um, and it so it just kind of seemed like, uh, you know, there were no priorities. And so everything was a top priority. But then once we started, um, once we found a good church and um, started hearing some the truth and then actually reading the truth and reading the Bible, uh, that's when things kind of just fell into place. Where it, when you put Christ first, um, everything else will just kind of fall into place. So that that's kind of the way it went for us. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, for us, we came from very different backgrounds. Um, I grew up Catholic, um, went to church every Sunday. He was Presbyterian, and, um, you know, once he got confirmed, that was kind of, you were kind of done. Um, so then when we got married, we kind of went the Catholic route on my side of the family, and um, 
we had our kids and then it got to the point where our kiddos were a little older and it usually ended up just being me taking the kids to church. Um, he felt you know, kind of left out at that point just because we just, we just weren't on the same levels. Um, and it got to the point where we realized, especially for our kids, we needed to, you know, get back on the same page and, and needed to do something a little different. And, um, so that was about three years ago when we started, um, coming to Crosswinds and the first service that we came to was biker weekend. (laughs) So (laughs) to go from Catholic to biker weekend was a, (laughs) so, so some of you don't know what, but you got the idea, right? We did three weeks with leather and rock music and, messages bikers would come to. It's kind of the concept. And you yeah. guys came and... We did, and it's been amazing. And we we kind of found where we could start on the same level as far as our spirituality and stuff and grow together now and pass that on to our kids. And, and he's grown immensely. It's been amazing. And I guess as far as, you know, God affecting our marriage, I guess with my job, you know, I guess I'd, I'd go for three, four days without seeing my kids. Um, and then that's something that's kind of wore on us. And eventually doors started opening up, uh, you know, with jobs and schedules to now where I'm, you know, not working nights, not working weekends. I can actually tuck them in every single night, and that was huge for me. Yeah. Brandon Brandon left his old job and took a, place, a, a pay cut so he could have better hours closer to home, and there's a, a shifting of uh, priorities. So it's, I it's, guess it's kind of, you know, kind of God keeps us humble, keeps us grounded, makes us realize, like, what's important, what, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And just when I heard their story, I, I, I turned to the records and I just said, you guys are the reason we started this church. It's for families like, like that, people like that, people who've walked away from it and didn't know how to come back to God. And um, So we're, we're thrilled that you're here and part of us, and I'm, it's, it warms the cockles of my heart just hearing it. Okay, we've got one more time for one last thing. You, you just, so you each need to tell me, as a couple, one thing that you hope your kids see and understand from your marriage that they can apply to their lives. And, and, and one thing you kind of hope that they go, oh, I'm not doing that. Uh, not, they have to learn that the hard way. I don't want to learn that the hard way. You know, I don't want to do that. So you can get the idea? Mark, set, go. Um, I think the one thing that I hope that they don't do is uh, get the stubborn gene and, and uh, get bogged down into that kind of thing. I, I think probably the thing that we both would say would be one thing we wouldn't want to miss is uh, the, the, uh, the, the absolute necessity to have a spiritual uh, uh, life of following Christ. If you want to have a successful marriage, there may be other ways. I'm, I'm not an expert on this, but I can tell you that when tough things come and when good things come, Scripture's got stuff to say about it that will help um, make it worthwhile. You know, So I, I hope that they see marriage and spirituality, Christianity, Kind of in the same concept that they're interdigitated, and you can't really you can't do one well without the other. From from our experience, yeah, I would agree. And I think for us, just communication. I would like for them to know that how important that is. And you know, we skipped out on that a little bit in the, our early years of marriage. And I, I think that's highly important, and hope that they will learn from that. Good. Um, I think for us. Just to know, you know, because I think society right now makes you think that you're going to find Prince Charming, you're going to have all this, it's going to be awesome, it's going to be compassion, it's going to be everything And once you get married. And 
just for them to know that that's that's not how it goes. You do need to put work into it. You need to constantly be giving and taking, and and it's a lot of work. It's wonderful, but you need to you need to work at it too. Um, one thing for them to kind of we hope we don't have to struggle. They have to struggle with um, would probably be the the struggles we went through first, trying to figure out this whole faith thing and working together. It, it was tough. It yeah. was a lot of hard times for a while. Yeah. So you, you hope there that equally yoked part c- mm-hmm. comes through and and that you give them a great foundation, which I think right. you're, you're going to. Guys. Um, my hope would be <clears throat> that our kids would um, not struggle in the area of leaving and cleaving like. I did, and that I could do my part to make that um, a healthy transition for them. Um, and also, just like Tom, I, that you don't always—it's better um, not to always be right, but to um, put importance in that relationship. You have anything to add about what we don't want to pass on to them? How about what we want to pass on? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think. What? Go ahead. <laughs> You go. You got to get your words in. That's true. I do. Um, (laughs) You you say. No? Okay. Um, I I hope that they understand that marriage um, is a team, that we are a team, and um, that that when a teammate needs help, that you help them, and that when a teammate drops the ball, that you show them grace. So that's what I hope we've passed on to them. That's awesome. I thought one of you was going to say, I, I, I hope that they marry as well as their father did or their mother, their spouse did. You know, anyway. Hey, here's what we want to close the service. If, if you are engaged or if you're married, I'm going to invite you to stand up. We're going to pray for marriages today. So on your market set, stand up. If you're already married or if you're engaged to be married, you've got marriage plans, okay? Now, those of you who are sitting down, look around. <laughs> The people who are sitting are available. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, yeah, let's. All right, let's let's pray together. God, um, first of all, let me say thank you because you're the one who invented this whole marriage thing. We've we've messed it up for sure, but what an awesome idea! The two shall become one. Well, God is joined together. And God, I pray for every every marriage represented and engagement, future marriage represented, and even for those who are um, sitting at that stage of where maybe they're they're dreaming and hoping and want that to be part of their lives. God, would you help us in our marriages and our dating and, and even in our singleness? But God, would you make strong marriages because strong marriages produce strong families? And it's a strong future. And God, would you use our marriages not just for self-satisfaction, which it certainly is, but for for your glory. That people would see. And they would see wisdom. And they'd see love. And they'd see forgiveness. And they'd see I'm sorry's. And they'd see healthy communication. And God, would you lead us? In Christ's name, amen. Hey, thanks for coming. See you next week.